Welcome to Stream Dreams, the podcast about gaming, streaming, and everything that happens in between. Today we have Brittany Harlow with Verified News Network. They have an app and a YouTube channel. We had a great time talking about how she got started. Uh, we, you know, we got those McNasty food takes, and of course, Hall of Fame. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Spotify and Twitter, Stream Dreams Pod, and Jake. Dream on. Great. So today we have uh, Brittany Harlow with Verified News Network, uh, VNN. They are a news reporting app and she has a YouTube channel as well. Uh, Brittany, why don't you kind of like uh, tell us a little bit about that, how you got started and uh, what you do? Yeah. um, So I've really over the last, I've been doing this for about three and a half years. And so luckily for everyone, I've kind of been able to uh, really break it down <laughs> into like a quick recap <laughs> as opposed to like the, you know, many several minutes upon, you know, hours of me trying to explain why, who I am and what I do, what I do. But I uh, started off, you know, in college wanting to be a TV reporter for a very long time. And I got into news uh, radio after college for a year. I worked in TV as a reporter and then an anchor for three years before um, I got pretty jaded by the industry and wanted to do something different. I saw a lot of problems with, you know, mainstream media uh, that I thought that I could solve. Um, A lot of arrows pointed towards social media as a way that people consume news, but obviously Facebook, Twitter, a lot of, you know, different channels uh, are built for being social, but not necessarily for verified news or really uh, any kind of Uh, credible sources of information. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation. So when we uh, started out on our own, we developed a social news media platform where it's essentially a social media that's designed exclusively for verified news. Uh, So we moderate it with AI and human moderators such as myself that, you know, make sure that everything that's uploaded uh, to our network is held to that same journalistic standard and integrity. And, you know, we've had a lot of pivots over the last few years. We originally citizen focused, but we have kind of gravitated uh, towards more supporting other journalists on the same mission, uh, giving more exposure to our news affiliate partners. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much uh, where we're at now. We're, we're still trying to figure out our place in the, I don't even want to say the news industry, because we're really trying to kind of break out of that traditional mold and pave our own way, uh, but definitely still trying to figure out where we fit as uh, really caring journalists and news professionals in an environment that has a lot of hostility towards (laughs) news people and the news in general. And it's hard for me because I, as a news person, I'm like, you know, I'm different. We care a lot about issues and community problems and being a voice for the people. Um, and I definitely understand why a lot of people have a, a lot of problems with the news industry and, and all of the, the issues that we kind of have. So we're still trying to figure out how to uh, convince people that we're on the same team while uh, solving a lot of industry problems. But it's going good. We got a lot of support and we've been building the last few years. And that's uh, where we are today. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. So uh, do you consider yourself more of like a tech company that does news or a news company that integrates tech and social? And so it's pretty tricky because like for me, I was a journalist. I've been a journalist, you know, now uh, for a decade, 10 years. And so that is my forte, like the business aspect, the tech aspect. I try my best to understand it. I have a, a great team of people who <laughs> help me understand things that I don't and like coding, you know, we do a lot with it. We've hired developers to, we had the um, beta app that we had launched called plugin where we kind of tested everything. Um, and it was available in the 
uh, for Android and um, iOS. And then we uh, went a different way. So we actually just over the summer developed a progressive web app uh, that's a lot more beneficial, but like all of this tech stuff that I've, I've had to learn um, has been learned on the job. And we still have, you know, developers that work on our platform where it's kind of like you can't be separated because with the news and media and in general, it is so tech. And so it's like, if I didn't understand this stuff moving forward, especially with what we're trying to do um, <clears throat> with our network, then we would not be successful. And if we were successful, it'd be for a, a short amount of time. It wouldn't be like sustainable with that media environment. And so I would definitely say that, you know, we are a news tech company um, that kind of helps bring people together that are from those two different backgrounds uh, so that we're all stronger together. And it's interesting because we are, <laughs> I don't want to say like, spiraling out of control into tech, <laughs> but like with like, you know, web three and the metaverse and like all these really cool, interesting oh, yeah. things that are happening yeah, in the tech things. world. Like yeah. I love it. I'm all about it. And I feel like with all industries, like that is where if it's, it's already starting to happen, but that is going to be life in 20, 30 years from now. And so yeah. a lot of people, um, recognize that. And then a lot of other people don't recognize that. I think that that's something that we're starting to dabble in, in in a variety of ways. And so more than ever, VNN is essentially news tech. Yeah. Awesome. Which is, it's different and it's new. And I mean, that's kind of what yeah. we're one of our, when we first developed our slogan was uh, revolutionizing news media. And so as part of that, you know, we have to stay ahead of the curve and we have to, like, I would love to, you know, sit back and tell the stories that I uh, love telling. And, and that's essentially why I do this and why I created this whole platform was so that there would be a guaranteed place for me. And luckily, I really am interested in all of that. But like I said, it's way, <laughs> it's like way above my head. And I've spent a lot of time like, this is so cool. Like, I really want to understand this, but it's not, it's not easy for me. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are the same way that I want to like make it easier for them, especially since it's just so important. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, would you say that's the hardest part about everything is just trying to get a grasp on everything? Um, I would say it's really no, I would say like the hardest part, especially like the fact that I am an entrepreneur and that I'm not like some big, huge company is kind of not neglecting any little part, like making sure yeah. that I'm not falling behind on our news product or our marketing or our community outreach or any of these other things that I'm doing, like our uh, relationships with other journalists. But like, I was feeling even so depressed, like even a week ago, I was like, I don't understand this. I'm not going to be able to get into Discord. I'm not going to be able to set this up. I don't have a coding brain. I don't know what these bots are doing. I don't know how to make them do anything. This is like really hopeless for me. And then I kind of sat back on it. And then the next day I was like doing some more reading and I was like, oh, I understand this. And oh, you know, I could do this little bit. And so I feel like getting um, ingrained into that whole tech and that whole environment is just like running a business. Like you're not going to be able to have everything right from the get-go. It's going to be like little pieces. And I feel like that was hard for me in the beginning because I didn't automatically understand it. But the more I like expose myself and do research and actually I learn by doing, and that's hard because it's like, I'm supposed to be an authoritative, you know, I'm supposed to have authority as a news person, but I don't understand a lot of this stuff. And I learn it by doing, and I'm doing it on a stage. So it was like, even with like the starting the live streaming, I was yeah, like, really hard. I don't understand the software. I don't understand what I'm doing. Well, so and just like, <laughs> so, so we met at, we met at the thing we did this summer, the blocks, um, mm -hmm. uh, the blocks. Uh, and what we had like talked about, you were using restream. Yeah. And uh, I forget what we had like talked about, but uh, I was like, oh no, you need to move to OBS because this is actually what you're looking for. And Restream wasn't really going to facilitate what you needed to do anyways. And 
And yeah. I had come even a long far from like a, a long way from that point because I initially oh, started yeah. doing these things in Zoom. And I was on the phone yeah. with Zoom. I was like, it needs to have a background, it needs to have these overlays. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening somehow. And then I found out, you know, restream and and it it, it had its ups and downs, but it, it certainly got me to be able to, you know, be looking cool and have some virtual town halls. But it was really we're we're wanted to stay ahead of the curve, wanting to engage and help the audiences that the traditional news media neglects. And so that is younger people. That is um, our whole uh, mission now revolves around empowering women, minorities, and entrepreneurs through news media. And so a lot of those groups are younger. When you're talking about traditional news, it's typically older, um, who they're targeting, uh, wealthy one viewpoint, whereas we're trying to expose a variety of different um, viewpoints. A lot of, a lot of financial so, planning commercials, right? Yeah, exactly. Car dealerships. I don't know many people with a Roth. <laughs> Did you know the price of silver has increased in the last <laughs> yeah. 20 years? Yeah, right. Buy gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so we're, we're targeting um, really young people. And that's why we were wanting to get on um, what is that streaming gaming platform? Twitch. Twitch. And so we're yeah. like, we're going to start this, you know, Twitch account. And we're going to, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing not just gaming, but news. Maybe that's something that we could get into. And we already have a, a pretty good following on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how that conversation started. Of Wow. You already have, you know, uh, several hundred or a few hundred uh subscribers yeah, you're at like and, right around like yeah. 500 right a little below yeah i think we're we're sitting at like 450 or something and it's just kind I mean, of like we're trying I to hit that we're trying to hit that thousand subscriber mark obviously to yeah. kind of unlock some additional benefits but for the most part it's been me for the last three years building this youtube channel up and it's not like i didn't have i had a couple of stories that did really well of things that we had reported that no other media in our area was reporting um, so we, I didn't have any like real going viral. I think like our most popular story has been viewed like 60,000 times. And so we don't have like this, a whole bunch of virality. <laughs> we, would, we would love those numbers. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, so yeah. We, and, and we do like, we, 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 and those are from the stories that we invest a lot of time in that, you know, no one else is telling, but for the most part, like our goal is to have more journalists throughout the country telling those stories that we can hit it. But um, definitely, uh, you know, people, it, it's just hard. And that's, and, and that's kind of like the, the streaming issues that were like, we have my show and it's still very much like off the ground, like me practicing, like, wow, I keep getting cut off at the end. Like, you know, <laughs> what am I doing yeah. wrong here? I'm like, Oh, I thought about it the week before of putting like an end graphic that I can throw up there so that yeah. I stop getting cut off when I'm talking. And even like something that, you know, I'm just so, like saying subscribe and stuff. Yeah. That's not something that we're doing. And so it's even still a learning process for us right yeah. now, much like everything. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people will do, um, uh, they'll call different scenes, different scenes. And mm -hmm. so like I have an Elgato stream deck. Uh, -da. So these are great. It's like a hundred dollars. Christmas Ooh. is coming up. Ask <laughs> yeah. the hobby. He'd probably uh -huh. love to get you one. Um, <laughs> and like, I can just change my scene right here from the Elgato stream deck. So I don't have to like navigate over to OBS. Yeah. So there's, and that's the awesome thing about like streaming where it's at today is there's so many tools. Um, for sure. I love it. I love, thank you. Thank you so much for introducing me. It is so yeah. much better. And it's like, exact. and it's funny too, because I was like, I found out about OBS and then I found out about restream and I was like, restream seems a lot easier. I can't, you know, do all these things. I can't figure it out, but this software is so much more. It's like, you know, the traditional broadcasting software that I was used yeah, to. Once you told me your background, I was like, oh, OBS will actually be great for you. <laughs> You're like, oh, like, yeah, I'm I know not... how to make overlays. I was like, you do? <laughs> oh, I'm not that technical. I can't figure it out. But yeah, now it's just like, yeah, it's I love it. It's really cool. Awesome. So uh, you brought up your YouTube. 
Uh, you have seen some success. Talked about a video that did like 60,000, uh, which is good. About best I ever got was building a PlayStation controller great. for like 5K. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Um, so two-part question. What do you think sets apart your videos that do well and the ones that don't do as well? And how do you do you build videos to the YouTube algorithm? Um, hmm. Yeah. So I guess first, what do you see is like different between the videos that do well and the videos that don't? So <laughs> I could just answer your, your second question first. And the answer is no, I didn't know that that is even possible <laughs> <laughs> to be doing that, but maybe something I should look into. Um, but I don't, and some, the way, the ones that do well, it's just like, it's really incredible to see because they not only do well initially, but they keep doing well. And so those stories that I have, I'm going to pull it up while I'm uh, talking so that I don't misspeak. Um, but Yeah. And that, so, and that was mostly organic. And so we've, we, we yeah. recently have gotten into, um, running ads, but our most successful stories are our investigations. And so, yeah, it's about 57,000 and that most successful story, it was posted about a year ago. Um, and it was this story about, um, a woman who for three years, her uh, grandson had, was the victim of shaken baby syndrome. And so no one, um, you know, they, he was traumatized. He was severely injured. He almost died. Um, and it was this woman that was accused or like the suspect in the case. Um, you know, she went to the police station. She changed her story a whole bunch of times um, and just very, a lot, it was like very obvious. It was the shaken baby syndrome case, like throughout his treatment. Like it was very obvious that he, the doctor said that he had either been shaken severely or he had been in a car wreck. And this happened after a mom had dropped the baby off somewhere. And so it was like a, an at-home daycare or whatever. But for three years, the, the district attorney's office never decided if they were going to try the case or not. And so oh this family, yeah, had been trying for years to get an answer like this, you know, this woman, it was under suspicion of doing this. He was obviously, you know, severely injured. Um, when are you going to make a decision? And the DA's office just dropped the ball so much that they never decided whether or not to do anything. Um, and so finally, they had reached out to us because they knew that we had covered stories that other uh, mainstream media in the area wasn't covering. Uh, the local news didn't really touch the story. I'm not exactly even sure why, because um, it was an area that we had covered um, and they knew because this is where a place that I used to be a TV reporter at uh, was Durant, Oklahoma. And so they reached out to me and asked me to do it. And I was just appalled that the DA's office never told them they've just kind of been living in this horrible limbo. And so through our investigation and we had done, I want to say three stories, including this video story. Um, we forced the DA's office essentially through our coverage to make a decision. And so they said, no, they would not be pro like they would not be filing charges against this woman, but it was because they didn't have enough evidence in the case because too much time had passed for them to be able to do anything about it. And so unfortunately, you know, the only justice they ever received was finally getting some closure, the story obviously being out there. Um, and uh, just kind of, you know, staying with cases like that, a couple of different like lessons learned as far as, um, you know, with this through what this family had gone through. Um, but they, you know, at least had received some closure. And it was it was for people to understand that the justice system worked like this, that, you know, and this family did everything that they could privately to stay on top of this case. But it just wasn't publicized anywhere else at the time. And they just you know, really dropped the ball. I don't think it's, I don't think it's related, uh, but the DA, uh, it was the DA's assistant that was under this case. Um, they eventually shortly after retired. And so, yeah. but oh, this I story did really well. And then our other story, which has um, 
we have a missing and murdered case story that has, has done pretty well. We've done a couple of stories on that um, that have about 10,000 views. That story has done you know, pretty well, uh, but it's a, a highly publicized case of a, a, a woman that went uh, missing and found out that um, she, like her body ended up in a field and, you know, that, Jeez. that is still under uh, investigation uh, from a very complex court ruling that happened here in Oklahoma not too long ago. But our second most popular story is the truth about Tulsa gangs. And that has about 23,000 views. And that is about, um, kind of like that community perspective of, you know, what is the information about gangs in Tulsa? Why are there gangs? What kind of gangs are there? Like what kind of people are in gangs? And it wasn't told from, we interviewed uh, law enforcement for the story, but we also interviewed community members um, that, you know, really put a community perspective of why people join gangs, why um, kind of that systematic failure that forces people to align with that kind of a relationship or, or that kind of a belonging. Um, and as, as opposed to just thinking of gang members as purely criminals that are just out to, you know, cause mischief or whatever. And yeah. so long story short, like the stories that organically do very well. And I brought those two uh, main points up because those are stories that are still seeing thousands of views every month, even though we had done the story, one of the stories a year ago, the story about Tulsa gangs was two years ago. And that story still has 300, 400 views a month because it's just so missing from media. It's so relevant. And it's like evergreen, right? To a degree. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's because there's no other content out there like that, as far as community voices and community perspective and looking and, you know, taking a second to really dive into societal problems and stop simplifying things because, you know, these, both of these stories have a a huge amount of like issues with them, you know, with the systems around them. And I feel like that's really refreshing to people um, to know that they're, you know, everything isn't just black and white and that the people that are affected by these stories the most are the stories where it's kind of like their story. Like a lot of people that comment on the truth about Tulsa gangs are from Tulsa. And they're like, yeah, it's hard. It was hard growing up in North Tulsa. It was hard growing up in this neighborhood. I had loved ones that were shot outside my house or whatever, or like things like that. And they don't have stories that come from their point of view in mainstream media. And that's and kind of a long-winded reason of why our most popular stories, you know, are, are, do so well is because that is just really missing from mainstream media. Yeah. You don't hear the, you know, average day person's story and the things and trials and tribulations that they go through. You just hear about the oil spill or the mass murder or X, Y, and Z that's been happening. So that's, that's something I hated about news as a reporter. It was all of our jobs to go out and find the most worst thing that happened that day, the most devastating you know, the most tragic. And we'd go out and be like, yeah, this person was on drugs and they wild out and they stole a police car and then they got into a shootout and, you know, the bad guy or the good guys took them off to jail. But it's like, we just tell that story, that same story over and over in different ways, but we're not talking about why people become addicted to drugs. We're not talking about, you know, what happened these people to make them have such huge problems with authority or, you know, the, these problems that um, are really, uh, I feel like a lot of crime and things that happen. Yeah. That's a lot of personal responsibility, but there's a lot of, of failures with a lot of different systems in society that really pave the way to create these kinds of problems. Yeah. People don't see it as a way out or any, any means of getting out of the situation at the end. And for them, that's, either you know it's either a miracle they escape where they came from or Mm -hmm. you know they follow that whatever's in that area where they that's the only option they have because if they don't then they're just gonna be even worse than they were like I grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood and a couple of the people I talked to around there only joined gangs because like they were safe they were protected like Mm -hmm. they knew no one would mess with them because they were in a gang 
and you know of course if you have a rival gang that's the off chance you're gonna you know catch problems and stuff like mm-hmm. that but for them that was their only way of you know really securing their spot in the neighborhood and being safe and taken care of and their only family a lot of the times you know if you yeah, have that too a yeah. single family home and they're working the parent is working all the time and you're not being taken care of and you have this person or these people that are like you know you're not getting enough food to eat or you, you know, you haven't drank water in two days, like come over to my house and we'll take care of you. And they just happen to be in a gang or something like that. But, um, it is, I was actually just talking to someone earlier, um, about like, even, you know, when the people where I came from, I live in Oklahoma now, but I come from uh, Massachusetts. Originally I lived there for 20 years before I came over here. Um, and a lot of people that I knew growing up were addicted to heroin. And it started in high school from people abusing prescription pills. And everyone I ever knew started using heroin after they started using prescription pills. And it's like everyone's blaming the drug addicts, but no one's blaming. I mean, they are now, <laughs> but, you know, no one's yeah. looking at the pharmaceutical companies that, you know, created all of these pills and gave them out to people. And now a bunch of kids are doing them and they can't afford them anymore. So they, you know, turn to something else. And that is not something that's ever talked about in traditional news stories that I think is like a huge uh, gap in um, perspective and context, which is something that is really important to us. Yeah. And that was lacking for a long time, but now it's very popular. Hulu has a series with Michael Keaton about Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, how many people have died and you know, how many people will never stop being addicted. It's kind of like, even like 10 years ago, they were like, Oh, they're drug addicts. It was like, no, these were regular people before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That hurt their back and were prescribed pain medicine or something like that. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, my thing is when, when big companies do, you know, stories like that, are they actually doing it for the benefit of the people or are they doing because no people will click on it and watch it and you know for their own personal benefit because you know nowadays it's all social media driven and you know mm-hmm. okay we got to get the clicks we got to click this how many people have been to our website this how many people signed up for our email yeah so i have a you definitely time, start mainstream media yeah you definitely they definitely stop thinking of people as people and that yeah, was a huge a problem for me. Yeah. Just a story of like, oh, wow, this is really crazy. Everyone's going to go crazy over this story. But it's like, this is people's lives. And this is probably the worst part in a lot of people's lives. And I worked, like I said, for four years in traditional news. And I, I didn't ever kind of lose that. Like, wow, this feels really wrong. Like, I don't. And I had started doing, um, you know, stories of like talking to people about, you know, why what happened and and they the tv you know they don't go for that of like oh well how did they get here and what was what were they thinking when this all was going on because you know they just people have just been so conditioned to think of like you know bad person does bad thing good person takes them to jail and if they see anything else they're like no 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 the world is not you know the world is simple (laughs) you know like and white there's no there's no between of why they got to where they were yeah yeah so, so I, I feel have, like I this is <laughs> I feel like this is like this is the darkest podcast you've ever had. <laughs> so I, I did Don't wanna, worry, I did we're gonna wanna, talk uh, about Christmas movies later. Yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah, a real 360. <laughs> I did have a question. So you say you wanted to reach out to the younger audience and you know, um, which is a great thing to do because mainstream media is is directed at older audiences and the wealthy. And as you said, mm-hmm. um, so out of curiosity, what like building your YouTube and your, your channel, what, what steps do you take to specifically reach out to younger? Cause I, I've thought of a couple of things just from meeting you and talking that like would be like really cool things to do, but what, what, what's, what are your guys plans to do that? <sighs> Well, we have tested and we have tried a lot of different things to, to, to find that sweet spot and like YouTube. Yeah, we, we do pretty good success. And, um, we of course use our own app as kind of the origin place for a lot of our, our stories to kind of take off. And our app allows us to embed, uh, the videos into the stories that, you know, through YouTube. Um, but I mean, we've tried everything. I tried TikTok for a while. 
Um, I've tried, uh, you know, we did Instagram for a while. We, uh, I do stuff on Facebook still to an extent, but not that, that is just like, for me, totally not who we're trying to reach right now. Um, we have recently gotten to discord, um, because of like our trying to, you know, push and, and get, uh, more younger, uh, audiences engaged and engaged in new and fun ways and we thought for a while about like how we could gamify our app because that like I think that's really fun I used to be a gamer back when I didn't have so many <laughs> life obligations um you know we have a couple a, diff- a few different systems now that I like still use um, but it's just like a very small part of my life but I do I, I love I love that that space and any kind of games and so we've even integrated recently um, a game into our app called Code Catchers. And so we hide story Ooh, codes yeah, inside that. of our, yeah, inside of our stories yeah. that you can collect them um, and enter them into our website to rack up points. And then we do like giveaways. Each point is an entry uh, into our monthly giveaways. Uh, we're going to be doing more uh, fun stuff with that game and you know, we have like our Patreon hooked up to our Discord now, and I'm kind of like understanding the bots more and the games more, and and really just wanting to make it like fun and interesting and a welcome environment to at the same time talk about news and information. So I definitely think, and um, one thing obviously that I was taught in um, you know beta block school was to not chase like shiny objects as an entrepreneur because it's really hard to get like sidetracked from your main mission. Um, But, you know, with revolutionizing news media and staying in in with like the younger audiences, I feel like it's something that I keep getting drawn back to as far as like this could be a good platform. But we've tried a whole bunch of different ways to engage with younger people. I think Discord would be really good. Um, my wife even uses Discord for work now because it was just the best option for her and her employees because you could do different permissions and roles and things like that. Yeah, um, it's so and cool. So you could, all of us, all, everyone here has a Discord. So McNasty's is probably the best one to join because it's the most active, but you could join McNasty's Discord Um and just see like how it's laid out yeah and you know because uh you know discords it's great for building community because you can have uh like calls in there yeah um you know people will talk about movies and you can just set up different channels for you know the main discord i'm in I'm always like putting my food in there and talking with another guy about it, about like what he's cooking and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and it's a great way to build community and people could talk about the articles that they liked, new ideas, things like yeah. that. And all that'll really help build your community and build sure. a, a solid foundation. Yeah, <laughs> And just have good conversations, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. a lot of people are more yeah. comfortable talking over you know, those, those channels. And that we, if we do have, you know, different categories, different channels um, where um, to just get those conversations started, I feel like people are so hands-off with the news because for a long time it was like, so elitist and so like authoritative, you know, as opposed to like, I'm here for you. Like I'm working, I want to tell the stories that you want to hear. I want to research what you want me to research right now. I'm just going off what's interesting to me and what I'm seeing in the community that I feel like needs to be reported on. But there's, I feel like a whole lot of other people um, that kind of have ideas like that, that, you know, they could share. And I'm just in the beginning, I felt like it was so overwhelming. And that is like the problem that I kind of see, especially with more people getting involved and, and trying to people, bring people into our discord community is that it's very intimidating for me. And I still don't know a lot of how it like works and like different, you know, different things that are going on. I have like well, a send general. Me, send me the invite. I'll check out your discord. 
We can oh, make some. We get, <laughs> oh gosh. She's like, yeah. oh no. No, okay. but, I mean, yeah. just, yeah, right. Discord's really cool for like 50 bucks a year. You can buy a bot that, like, anytime you update a YouTube video or send out a, twi- a Twitter, a tweet, it'll yeah. just like drop it in a certain channel. There's things like that. We have a couple um, integrations. We have a couple bots. Yeah. One bot okay. is right. smarter right. than the other bot and maybe yeah. even smarter than me. I don't even know what he's doing in there. <laughs> but it is really like fun and interesting. But we're also on another note. And what really kind of got me like, hey, we're going on the right the right track here. Some of the people that I talk to, um, you know, and they're their thirties or forties, I talk about the metaverse and unless you're already kind of into it or you, you know, are into crypto or something like that. Like, I hate it. I don't want any, that's dumb. <laughs> like, I don't want anything to do with that. I went and talked at a college, uh, last week, I think. And I was like, Hey, who here, you know, is familiar with NFTs who here is, you know, has a discord and more than 50% of the class raised their hand. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm in the yeah. right place here <laughs> because you, you guys are interested about, and they were, they, even they were like kind of timid, like a little, I know a little bit about it, but at you know, home, and, they've got the five monitors. They're like, and five or 10 years, that's going to be such a big part of a lot of people's lives. If not that, you know, I'm sure like discord eventually is going to look like MySpace. I don't know. They were bought by Microsoft last year. Right. Or maybe even this year. Uh, so. it wasn't or, or did they they were gonna be bought right or did they, they have get, a, no, they bought, is it they still bought like in the works no they did well they had a deal with um i know sony. remember playstation sony so i don't how does yeah. that work with microsoft buying them because you wouldn't think that would i think i think they killed the sony deal okay. but real quick while we're on discord discord it would be really easy for you to pull people in to uh to a call to have like listeners hop on uh because you could just do a voice call on your stream and you can drag people over from like an on deck be like all right and let's talk to samantha and you just put her into your voice call and you're like hey samantha what do you want to talk about what is what was your favite story of the week or something like that yeah that kind of becomes basically a radio show in some sorts where you can just have people in and out when you please and like you you control the flow of everything and like so like when i like looping back to why i asked is because i see a lot of like you're trying to do a lot of things that you know like streamers do and people do in general when they're trying to grow a brand like there's so many different ways and avenues you can repurpose and redo Mm -hmm. everything that if you're not used to it it becomes so overwhelming and everyone, yeah. and then everyone always has an opinion. Are, are you posting on TikTok? Are you posting on Instagram? Well, you got to post yeah. on TikTok three times a day and uh, every other day on Instagram do while, doing, while doing photos and reels. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't. There's, there's 24 I'm going to have to post such a, phone. such a sweaty bing bong uh, TikTok like this week. Yeah. Bing, bing bong. <laughs> got to stay with the trends. That's right. Honestly, I fell off. Like I had a TikTok. We have a TikTok for verified news. And then I made mm-hmm. the mistake of changing it to like a business TikTok. And then like, oh, it can mm. feature my web, my website on it. And that was like the only benefit. And then like I lost all my organic. Well, growth, there's a lot like, of there's a lot of audio that you better. can't use. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. forget this. I'm I'm back to being because there's commercial normie. use. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was like, I can't do these fun things anymore. And yeah. um but they've, they've they've gotten better. They're working on it because they want businesses, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so once you're building your Discord, do you have chat bots in your stream? So no, as far as like I saw McNasties. We have a we have I have like a the tweet um tweet shift, I think is what it's called. Um, where it uploads some of the stuff from Twitter. And then I stole oh. someone else's bot that like I saw that they had a bot and they're like this bot does everything and then I added him arcane and now I, I like don't even know anything what to do with him like okay you're in there but I don't know how to make you do anything so luckily I I, <laughs> I have someone very close to me my husband <laughs> he is a tech person he is a coder and so but he oh, is yeah. an entrepreneur himself he develops for like two different companies he is like a crypto miner so he's doing all these fun things for himself. And I'm like, okay, listen, 
this is when I need you. (laughs) I got these robots. (laughs) They need to do stuff. So you need to stop what you're doing and, and program them to do something. (laughs) But I don't have any of the the chat bots. I just recently hooked up our Patreon to different rooms and our uh, discord. So that was a a win. So if you've got videos that still are getting like 300 views a month, you should put your discord in the description so that if you want to learn more about VNN, check yeah, out our Discord. Totally. And I mean, as you like grow that Discord, those are going to be like your biggest, um, your most like diehard community members, right? Versus mm-hmm. somebody who like just kind of like has a subscribe to you on YouTube and maybe even has like alerts to where they see when a new like video comes when it goes up. Over it, yeah. Yeah. But the more involved people can get, the more just the more we enjoy it, right? The more we want to support yeah. it. So it's uh, hard though, because news is very like, people are very hands off. I feel like it's just been so traditionally, like we report the news and we, you know, do it this certain way. And it's like the people versus the news. And it's a very hard um, mentality to break. And so I certainly think that it's like a really good idea. It's hard though, because, we're actually working right now on doing um, a bunch of stories about web three and the metaverse and discord and explaining um, it to people and and how it works and kind of trying to kind of get a series about you learning how to use a discord. Totally. Yeah. That that would be a good series. I don't know how to use a discord. Let's, let's find out. Let's let's learn together. A lot of people I'm not in that community. So I'm trying to bring yeah. people that are not in that community into that community and be more familiar and be more comfortable with it. And so um, it's it's kind of hard for me, not only trying to grow this network, but trying to kind of educate people about it. And I feel like it is going to be a really good thing, but a lot, especially like, and I don't mean to be uh, stereotypical, but like, you know, for me, I'm kind of bending over backwards with everything that I have going on as like a working mom to make time to figure out how discord works. And a lot of people like, (laughs) you know, there is such a barrier still to this tech financially that when we're talking about minorities and entrepreneurs, they are traditionally uh, categories of people who don't have as much money as other people a lot, especially when they're just starting out, you know, or they haven't found their footing. And so um, we're really trying to, you know, kind of help break down those, barriers but it a a lot of people it's just it's new and it's kind of like you know I just I don't have a million people in my discord right now and you know how (laughs) discord is so big and there's so many people there like why don't they want to come and how do I even find people but it's I know it's just kind of like everything else just like one one member at a time one subscriber one follower one like at a time and that's kind of hard for me because it's like we're so great and everyone should be here like where's everybody (laughs) so one one thing you could do is that i don't know if you did already there's an option for discord where you can turn it into a community server and it will direct people like you have a description of it or whatever i never used it so i don't know how it works exactly but i know there's an option because i had it for mine where you can turn it into community server and give it a category and then it will direct people to said server with yeah. however however it does it. That that that's one thing I learned. I, I never did it, but I know that's an option on Discord at least. So that's a little tip yeah. for now at least. And it's interesting because even when I was looking through, I was like, man, I, I first thing I want to do is I want to find a lot of other news uh, news servers and so I can follow other people and there's not a lot. There's not like yeah. general news. It's still very much like well, gaming it's all, news or. It's or all like news discussion happens in like Facebook comments, right? Mm-hmm. Or they yeah. want it or yeah. they want news discussion to happen on the comment section of their website, right? Because that's driving their traffic, mm-hmm. right? So, but you're in a different position where it would be great for you just to build an awesome community of people that like really care about what you're doing. And like, and that's where discord could be great. You don't have to, you know, make sure that people are talking in your comment section. I mean, you have a comment section on your website. That's great. But, but, uh, yeah. 
I feel like, and that's, and that's kind of what makes it a little bit of a waiting game is because we're not for the people that traditional media serves, like we're not for them, but the other, like who we're trying to target, they, um, I feel like they, a lot of people still get their news from, you know, Facebook or those other channels or whatever that, and they're jaded. A lot of people are just jaded by the news now. And so I feel like once people realize that options like us exist um, and they kind of catch up and, and find us and like, oh, hey, you know, you're you're a pretty cool news source or whatever. It really is just that painstaking uh, organic grassroots growth yeah. that like people brick. don't really talk about. <laughs> yeah, so, no, you know, it's always you get to the top and everyone's yeah. like, oh, wow, you did it. And you're like, you have no idea. What yeah, it took me even, 10 even years. Get, <laughs> even to get 10 people in here, like this was a struggle. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, ooh, all right, we're good on time. Let's do some segments. Right. I don't have an air horn. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe I do. No. I've got everything on it. All right, it is time for... That sounds like a heart monitor. We're on life support. It's great because I can't hear it in mine. So I just no, here's the next. Story. I just did a I did an interview and then the place blew up. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ryan McNasty Sandwich here has some of the worst taste in food. I love the man, but uh, he he lives in the Midwest and won't even put ranch on anything. Um, he's a complicated man. Ranch is the devil. Oh man, even homemade. Oh yeah, come on now. I, I used to work at Hooters, and people used to just pour ranch all over the tables, and it just scarred me. I've had right. dreams I can of. See. Hey, right. hey, I can I get a, Can I get another ranch? Can I get another ranch? Like, <laughs> no, you can't. You already have four. You don't need any more. <laughs> like a little lettuce with my ranch a lot of people don't know this people like the ranch there that's why they go <laughs> yeah you'd be surprised how many times i've heard that oh your ranch is so good and i look at the bottle it's just like generic ranch i'm like yeah what yeah. something there... about the ambiance <laughs> no, no brand it just says ranch. Yeah. yeah right there yeah. is good ranch and bad ranch. Apple there yeah, i can agree with that is. yeah i can all right, so uh, we have a seasonal McNasty food take. What's uh, what's your holiday drink of choice between hot cocoa and eggnog? Oh, hot cocoa, hundred ten percent, not even close. Okay. Do you do I marshmallows? love hot chocolate. Yeah, little marshmallows. So I recently, I, so I live in Chicago, and we have the Chris Kindle Market, and I recently started going. Like it's like a maybe two years now. And each year they'd have a specialized mug for hot cocoa and you can get them and collect them. So each year I've been going, uh, and <coughs> the last two years I went alone by myself and I just had a ball. Take... Yeah, no, I, I had so much, I had so much fun. Cause what it is, it's like, so it's like basically like a flea market, but with like Your girlfriends stuff. on the street. Yeah. Well, I wasn't dating her at the time. Oh, all right. All right. You stay fair. It was a little more than two years. It was a little more than two years, but anyways, I'm gonna take her this year. I did throw me under the bus. You're throwing me under the bus. I was letting you know. Like, she's un, right un, there, bro. She's right there. So, all right, so anyways, he's gonna take you this year. We're all excited. We're gonna get some pictures. Yeah, Robo's just fucked me, but that's cool. Thanks, bud. Anyways, they do hot cocoa every year, and it's so good. And it's just such a great time because it's like a little Chris Kindle market, and it's like all these shops, and like you talk to some of the owners, and like some of them are like from Germany and like made like specialized beer mugs and like candles and really cool stuff. And they're like, yeah, like I'm here for like a month and I'm selling all my product. And like, this is how my family lives. I was like, Damn, Oh, crazy. not like, Oh, they lived in Germany. They're like, they came from Germany to do this shop for like the month. No. Yeah. No, they like, it's their product and they, they're oh, selling all sick. this stuff there. Yeah. So and like wow. someone's really cool. And like I looked at one like Stein. I was like, 
oh, how much for that? And the guy's like, 500 bucks. Like, oh, Whoa. Yeah, okay. I was like, okay, uh, good luck. Uh, I'm going to put this down very carefully. Uh, oh, no, I don't I don't touch anything there. I don't trust that's anything. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> so, anyways, hot chocolate, 110%, my favorite. Do you have like a, do you make your own or a little Swiss Miss? Uh, I usually do Swiss Miss. And then I found out. So I have a Keurig, and I found out they have K-Cups for hot chocolate. And let me tell you, I'm going to be in heaven all this month. Gas. Straight gas. Uh, are they good? So good. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. I always say. Uh, hot chocolate? Yeah. Uh, good answer. Good answer. All right. I don't like eggnog. I think it's gross. Yeah. Agreed. Oh hey. man, am I the only one that likes eggnog? No. <laughs> but do you put like rum in it? What do you, people do like rum and whiskey in it, right? Yeah, I think whiskey, like Jack well, yeah, Daniels and eggnog. Whiskey, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think some people do like, to, like spiced rum. Yeah. 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 I'm just the, the normie, like normie eggnog for me nowadays. <laughs> but, and not too much, just a little bit. It can't be Christmas without. Maybe I, a, say, I feel four like ounces. You just can't like drink like a whole like mm, glass. Yeah, of yeah <laughs> that's the stuff right there. The, the straight up name eggnog. That's just yeah. That's definitely wrong. That's Is there bad. like what's the egg's level of involvement? No, nah, I don't even want to know. I certainly yeah, don't right. make my own. <laughs> I wouldn't want to drink my. I feel like if you made your own, own, you're just like, yeah, this is nasty. I never mind. I ain't drinking this. No, this yeah. is, no one this wants to know a, what's in it. This was a mistake. I should not have done this. <laughs> all right. All right. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, all right. That brings us to Hall of Fame. All right. So, Brittany, uh, I'm going to explain the concept a little bit. Uh, like I said earlier, it does get competitive. Oh, gosh. So, you are going to give one entry that you think would be a first ballot Hall of Famer in the topic of the week. Uh, it will go to a Twitter poll. Um, there's going to be a little smack talk. I might film a video, especially if I win uh, as a press conference. <laughs> um, shout out Reese's. Um, yeah. All right. So the topic for this week, and once again, you want to pick not like the one that you like the most, what you think is going to win as a first ballot Hall of Fame option. And the topic this week is holiday movies or Christmas movies. Oh my gosh. So do you, have you already all like picked yours or I'm supposed to pick what I think is like the most popular? You get to, you I got, get to pick I got first. Mine locked in. Oh. No, 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 no. You get to pick first. So if you pick his... He's got to find another one. Um, that no, I, have, I have to pick, but I think it's the number one you winner get, for hol- guess, holiday guess movie. Honors. Guess honors. <sighs> Lord. Well, it's so hard because I'm a flip-flopper. <laughs> I go back and forth. I have a, I'll say that a Christmas story, definitely not because that is something that like when I was in elementary school, that's all they played on the TV sets for like the entire last <laughs> oh, week of yeah, school. So I've seen it probably 1 million times. Um, <sighs> I'm torn. I'm torn. Cause I got a couple of good ones. Um, I have one that I don't think that that's I'm the only one that it's my favorite. Uh, and that is it's a wonderful life. And so a lot of people they say that's America's Christmas movie, but it's a bit old school, but it's way too old school. I tell I the people that's my that. favorite movie. They have never even ever heard of it. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to say the Santa Claus. OK. All right. All right. That's a competitor. That's a fave. That's good. That's good. Is that the one with Tim Allen. Yeah. Yes. By the oh, way, yeah, okay, Santa Claus, hot cocoa, that little like machine that they had that made hot mm-hmm. cocoa and just like into the, the cookie like, the and hot cocoa stein. dispenser. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who yeah. didn't want that as a kid? Who didn't see that? It's just like, <laughs> I wanted it all. I wanted the tinsel. I wanted a fly with elves. Yeah. <laughs> all right. of those sequels too were, they were, just, they were pretty good. It was just the hot cocoa and like the cookie that came out of the uh, dash was the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> just those two okay yeah all right big nasty uh if you're locked in we'll let you we'll let you take your swing here what do you got all right uh mine's probably gonna lose <laughs> but 
I watch it every single year for Christmas, and I will always call it a Christmas movie. Uh, Die Hard. Oh, Lord. The War Zone Tribute. Die Hard is a The debate continues. Die Hard is going to garner some votes. That's going to garner some votes. I I totally think it will. I was on the fence with that. I think it's going to sneak in there. It becomes every year someone talks about it. I think I got it in. But if I lose this week, I will say I will drink an entire glass of eggnog. (laughs) <laughs> that's what the loser will, that's what the loser will do this week is that is that last place yeah, yeah. I hope. last place last <laughs> well place. actually i wouldn't mind <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah yeah no you're, you're just like mind. this is great she's got the little like, yeah i gotta go buy some more i drank it uh, all already <laughs> <laughs> but yeah die hard for sure i watch it every yeah. single christmas it's been like tradition for me for like since i can remember yeah it's not it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off of the uh, tower. <laughs> the tower. <laughs> All right, Jake, All right. what do you got? I'm going to go with another all-time classic, and that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm. Ooh, mm. That's a good one. That one, I, I mean. I think it's going to be middle of the pack for you, Jake. I don't think it's going to win. What beats that? How about America's classic? What do you, what a do delightful, you delightful holiday movie by comedic genius of our times. Oh God, Elf. Elf. I think Elf, Elf uh, is overrated. No. I think says Elf is the man that picked Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation <laughs> has some of the driest humor, humor of all time. So, well, Chevy, Elf is the most quotable. Let's be honest here. Clark Griswold is the everyman. The main plot point in that movie was he was so upset that he didn't get his holiday bonus, which would have been enough to build an in-ground pool in <laughs> his Chicago suburb house. <laughs> that's why the it's every funny. man, Clark Griswold. That's why it's I remember funny, like <laughs> watching that as an adult. I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> that's a big bonus. Like, <laughs> like the man hold wants on. his pool. Yeah, what's wrong with wanting a pool? They kill a cat. It's his, like it's his the, Christmas. It's his oh like electrocute a cat in the movie, and like uh, like it's just hilarious. And try to kill a squirrel, and yeah. It's... And so wait, uh, it's funny because I was just talking to someone about this too the other day about what he was hoping for, like that that big bonus check, and what he got instead. Like what was that? Like a gift certificate to a restaurant or something? It was oh like jelly God. of the month. <laughs> yeah, no, like really? Subscription. Yeah. I think so. I was like, you know, I yeah, love you're, telling me, you're telling me you wouldn't be mad? You wanted to pull it? Yeah, here's some jelly. I'm just saying yeah. it's hard. Merry Christmas. It's, it's hard to feel bad for man. the guy. He's not, he's not quite the man. <laughs> as once you watch it as an adult, you're like, okay. If I wasn't getting an in-ground pool, I'd maybe be upset, but I wouldn't I wouldn't let it kill my Christmas. I think it was a lot of things adding up to that though. Yeah, that's like, true. That was well that all happened at the relatives. very beginning and it all it all piled on top of that. Yeah. yeah. But that I I don't know. I that movie Well, was it was tough. hanging there, wasn't it? Right? And then at the very end the he was like jelly of the month and then <laughs> they kidnapped him. And then he got his books. Oh yeah. Well, Elf. <laughs> so Elf funny. is funny, but I I don't think it's even close to Will Ferrell's best work. I mean, it's. I feel like Elf is a really good movie, but I mean, what is, what is, what is his best, best work? <laughs> Will Ferrell's Anchorman? best work. No, Ooh, I'm biased yeah. for that one. Anchorman's so good. My personal opinion: this is a, might be a hot take. Kicking and screaming is his best work. When he's Ooh, just kicking and screaming was good. Juice box. Juice box. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have to say old school just because I was like maybe 12 yeah. or 14 when that came out. Perfect. Uh, my my wife's cousin was in town and we watched that for the first time. Uh, he watched it for the first time. I was probably 30 because this was like two years ago. And every like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, he's like, that's what this is from? That's from this? You're my like, boy, Blue. So, yeah, so many like <laughs> memes and things are from that movie. Like when he shoots himself yeah. with the drag dart, he's like, Sean, uh, was it Sean William Scott? Is that his name? 
it was like a huge actor and has yeah. like that one scene where he's just like the donkey wrangler. <laughs> like that movie was just a 10 out of 10. All right, boys. Uh, all right, buddy. We have a lady on the pod this week. <laughs> um, any last questions for Brittany? What do you got, guys? Speak now or join our Discord and ask me later. There you go. Hey, <laughs> good plug. Good plug. Thing. Yeah, definitely got to plug the Discord. Show notes. Yeah, for sure. All right, awesome. Uh, Brittany, tell the people where they can find you. That's right. Everything that you need to, to know and learn more is at verifiednews.network. It's where you'll find our link to our app, which is app dot verified news dot network we try to keep it really easy <laughs> but yeah verified news dot network um and then we made it we have a get involved button right there um that's different ways that you can get involved with what we're doing in our projects and of course all of our different socials that we're uh, trying to keep up with <laughs> are there too we're, we're a little bit of everywhere i actually uh, i actually do have a last minute question i just yeah. thought of it so are, are you you said you obviously want to do your stories and you want, you know, the truth, the hard truth. And, you know, you guys don't really lean left or right because you're not biased. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever like catch yourself in the middle a lot of times, like from both sides, just being, I guess you can being combative? Well, it's interesting because and I and it honestly is something that makes me feel like that is why I'm a good journalist is because I truly and honestly see both sides. I feel like even if they're two very competing sides, I see that honestly, each one of them thinks that they're right. And they're not, you know, they honestly believe in their heart that what they're saying is truth. And so it's really hard. I'm just like a, a huge empath. Like I totally can feel for like a a lot of different people and a lot of different viewpoints. And no matter who I'm talking to, I kind of feel like, wow, I can totally see why you things why you, why you see things that way or how it appears this way to you. And so I, I, you know, I feel like I'm I'm somewhat of a diplomat in that sense that um, unless things are like very black and white, like, wow, this was a very wrong thing that happened to you. Like if someone, you know, is just like, well, don't you think this? I'm like, well, you know, they think this, you know, it's been, so I, you know, I am inadvertently like a devil's advocate. But that's just because I, I truly see things from a lot of different perspectives. And I feel like that is what makes me a good journalist is that I can stay, uh, I could stay factual and I can stay, you know, as unbiased, bi- un- unbiased as a human uh, can be. Um, I've learned a long time ago through studying politics and, and being um, reporting on politics and, and that kind of thing that, uh, none of them are right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just kind of like, you know, I, that is one thing, like, it's not like there's one, one way or the other. I feel like, um, as far as, you know, the, the people who are are truly caring and about the issues that those are the people in our communities. And so for me, that is who I I closely align with. And I kind of, it's like a, a really good, Thing for myself is that I really don't get kind of dragged in to like the politics and that like you know yeah. all of that infighting and stuff like that because to me it doesn't seem real you know it doesn't seem like it's um you know beneficial to anyone or genuine um, genuine yeah it, it's yeah. not it's not coming from places that it should be and so I you know I feel like I'm a community reporter I like staying in the community and I don't get caught up in and all the stuff. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is, you know, you know, at least the way I look at it now is I kind of view it the way you do, where I can I can see and understand both sides. Okay, that's why you think I the problem is I think most people nowadays, uh, especially with like you know, like how people talk on Facebook to each other and social media in general, is just it's either my way or the highway. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. You're the worst, uh, you know, and no one tries to understand like, okay, well, this is why they think that way. And especially nowadays, no one 
can agree that you know like it's okay to someone have a different opinion than me of yeah course it's, unless it's nothing like super crazy and like radical but it's like yeah. someone believes there in are limits someone else yeah. believes yeah yeah of course of course it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. no not, one it's not either, as acceptable believe what i believe or you know yeah. i'm not gonna listen to you which yeah. is like come on like let's be civil here it's so easy to once those emotions are you know get going and people are fired up and to yeah. kind of lose that you know finding a middle ground and it's all just like and it's intentional like people are literally pitted up against each other oh yeah and people do that intentionally oh, yeah. to get support for themselves but it's something that people will naturally gravitate to people don't try to be educated or informed with news, they're looking for people that believe the same thing that they do. And then that's kind of what they're repeating. So they're not really learning anything or being exposed to anything. And it's just, and I, I don't even blame people for being that way. Cause that, again, I feel like people are truly conditioned uh, that way. And so we're just going to keep kind of pushing against that and kind of keep exposing people to different viewpoints and different ways of thinking. And and kind of representing multiple sides and it's okay to, you know, be in the middle. And, and that is kind of who we're looking for those people. We don't want the far right. We don't yeah. want the far left. They have a lot of sources <laughs> of people that are pandering <laughs> straight to them. We want just normal people that, you know, don't want someone else telling them what to think that are just kind of like, Hey, here's some information. These are cool things that we're talking about. This is going on in your community or even, you know, reach out to us and let us know um, what you want to hear more about or things that are, you know, bothering you. So that's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining. Uh, thank Brittany. you for having me. We had a great time. Fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank we'll, you. For uh, yeah, this has been great.